Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Millennium Live. It's great to be back here. We have a great episode lined up for today. We're we're talking with a, a, a very uh, great partner of ours who can share a, a number of uh amazing research in the uh, recognition space this is uh dedicated to our audience who may be attending the transformational uh, chro assembly and uh benefits leadership we uh are welcoming to the podcast today gary beckstrand he is the vice president of the oc tanner institute and author of appreciate celebrating people influencing greatness gary Thanks for joining Millennium Live today. It's great to have you here. It's great to be here, Connor. Thanks so much. So I, I do, I, I want to dive in, especially, I want to learn more, as our audience, I'm sure, does too, about the the research that is done over at OC Tanner, specifically in the OC Tanner Institute. And I know that's what you uh, you work on primarily over there. So just uh, just to kick things off, could you tell us a little bit more about uh, your research specifically and um, this year's uh, Global Culture Report? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, every year we do extensive research, uh, generally speaking, to just understand workplace culture and the employee experience. But given the last few years and everything that we've gone through, uh, we were really interested this past year of better understanding employee sentiment and what organizations can do to create workplace cultures where people wanna join, uh, do their best work and stay. And so we set about to do that. Our research was influenced uh, by over 36,000 employees, leaders and HR stakeholders across 20 countries. And um, we really want again to, to kind of dig in. And I think one of the things that's unique about what we do is all of our research is based on the employee's point of view. And I think that can be really helpful as we work through uh, current issues and issues that we're gonna, challenges facing in the future, that we'll face in the future as well, to really always have that employee perspective in mind to make sure that what we put in place and initiatives that we uh, develop and implement um, are really hopefully addressing those things that are most important to employees. Great. And, you know, this is a very important part of, of the workplace, especially today. And uh, you weren't lying about the uh, the size. It's uh, the largest annual study of workplace culture uh, from an, the employee perspective, which um, over 40,000 perspectives gathered. So that is uh, quite the research. Could you uh, could you dive in about the, um, you know, where employees uh you know, want to go and where they, uh, what they see and what they're looking for when it when it comes to this workplace culture. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really, I, I guess the if if you were to put put an overall theme uh, to our research, which I should have mentioned earlier, we take much of that data and we publish annually the global culture report that you referred to, and so I'll be referring to some of that information that was published in our 2023 edition. We actually launched that uh, to the market in September of last year uh, and uh, have been uh, receiving really good feedback on some of those insights. So again, if you were to think about what's the overall theme, it was this notion of community. 
which is really interesting because the data is pretty clear that employees around the world are craving a sense of belonging and meaningful connection. And that makes sense, right? Given what we've all experienced and some of that disconnection or isolation uh, that we've gone through, we essentially want to be part of something bigger to feel that we matter, that we're making a difference. And simply put, we want to be part of a community. And I think that's really helpful for organizations to understand, especially as this sense of community, traditionally where we we have received that in the past, some of those sources are kind of uh, deteriorating, if you will, or not as accessible as they used to be. And I think employees are looking for their organizations to kind of fill that uh, gap, uh, given, you know, we spend most of our waking working hours, you know, our waking hours actually at work. And so I, community is really important. It's different than workplace culture, but they're synergistic. While community is that social operating system that defines how we interact and work together, it's community that unites us, brings us together, holds us together, if you will, around common purpose. And uh, I think that's an interesting way to think about community. It's the simple definition is belonging with a sense of purpose. And when employees have a strong workplace community, our data would say, for example, that one of the data points is eight, you will see an eight times increase in the odds that employees feel like they belong. And it's, it's that sense of belonging that leads to other important outcomes, uh, reduced retention, um, uh, or excuse me, increased retention of 43% or increased intent to stay or estimated tenure, if I remember correctly, of 84% and a significant reduction in burnout. So this notion of building a community where people feel like they belong and are connected to purpose is really important. And that's what employees are looking for. Now that employees are are in a specific organization, you know, what are, and I, you already touched upon it, Gary, but, you know, some of these, um, you know, within the community looking to be fulfilled and, and in doing so, you know, what are the most important factors that contribute to employees choosing to stay within an organization, you know, not too long ago, we were hearing, you know, quiet quitting, we were hearing, you know, those yeah. who jumping around from job to job, what makes an employee stay or want to stay, or in terms of recent, recent news, leave their organizations? Yeah, it's, it's a great question, because for the first time uh, that I recall, um, really since the spring of 2022, um, millions of employees have voluntarily, voluntarily left the, the workplace, right? Left their jobs, quit their jobs yeah. and search for something better. And many of those folks um, didn't really have another job to go to, which is right. interesting, right? Um, and I think part of that was this notion that I just need a change. And, and as we looked at that and asked questions and our research would indicate that the, the term that we came up with that seemed to resonate at the end of the day is employees are really looking for an overall fulfilling experience at work. And historically, we've talked a lot about engagement. And typically engaged employees uh, don't leave the workforce, but this was different. We It wasn't just our you know poor performers or those that were disengaged for various reasons leaving, it was people who we would traditionally measure or consider as highly engaged leaving. And so we thought there's there's something different. There's something maybe deeper than how we've looked at it in the past or how we've 
thought about engagement. And what our data set is this notion of fulfillment. And it's interesting. I think we can relate to fulfillment, uh, even though we might not know the official definition. I think we can all kind of, um, we know we're fulfilled and not fulfilled, right? And um, as we dug deep, there really are four things that, according to employees, really make the difference or most contribute to their feelings of fulfillment. One we already talked about was this notion of uh, community or connection, the sense of belonging, right? Belonging with a common purpose. The next was growth. And that's not a new concept. We, you know, we've always known that opportunities for growth and development are important. But what we found was interesting this go around is as important, if not more important, employees more than what's that next career step or that next job opportunity or growth opportunities, they wanted to be able to demonstrate their competency and their abilities, their capabilities within their current role. And they wanted those to be acknowledged and appreciated. Um, so community growth and then purpose. Um, and we've talked a little bit about that as well as uh, people want to know that their work is making a difference. And it's not uh, certainly that social, that high level purpose of what the company is all about is important, but it's also purpose within their teams and purpose within the department. And it's just this notion of what are we, what, what difference are we making? And is that something that I can connect to and get behind? And then the fourth category was this notion of balance. And that's different as well, because historically we've talked about this from the concept of work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And employees don't make that distinction anymore. Um, I'm, I'm a tail end baby boomer, right? So uh, if you were to ask my kids who are all adults now, um, what I do for a living, they could generally describe what I do, but they would be hard pressed to be specific because I grew up in that you know generation of separating, intentionally separating work from life, right? Trying not to take the office home, so to speak, or however you want to think through that. But that's different now. Where work gets done, how work gets done, when it gets done is so fluid that employees are no longer making that distinction. And so this notion of balance becomes really important. This notion of autonomy and flexibility uh, really play in uh, to an employee's feelings and the ability to um, really manage that. And they they want to be able to have enough flexibility uh, to take care of other aspects of their life and do it in a way that they still can be productive. But again, within guidelines that they expect and, and want to have uh, just based on their role, based on their responsibilities and impossible personal preference to have just that flexibility in fact, um, one of the uh, senior executives that we interviewed as part of our research process uh, mentioned this term of, and in, in he stated flexibility is the new currency. And I think we're seeing that, right? Even more important than pay is really the ability to kind of have more input on when, where, and how your work gets done. And that, that's, that's an interesting thing for organizations. And we're all working through that as we you know, have moved from in-office uh, situations to completely remote, uh, virtual connections, and then back to a hybrid. So there are a lot of things to consider, but I think flexibility for long-term 
uh, workplace cultures that again are positive and help employees thrive that that's going to be something that um, uh, you know leaders and and everyone's going to need to deal with and be intentional about yeah great great analysis there gary thank you so much for that i you know, it it resonates a lot. I mean, as an employee myself, uh, you know, I to um, you know to understand the growth and and being an example, Millennium Alliance. You know, being able to move up and have growth opportunities each year has been valuable. And being able to, you know, even the you know a pod, have a podcast like this and create this and give uh, you know a purpose to the work is very important and, and you know balance you're right you know we we went home we took our work home during covid and now that's changed things for um pretty much permanently and you know i i tend to favor flexibility too um yeah. being able to work from home and and work in the office and have those uh you know two worlds combined yeah, and, you know, and it's interesting because that's not the case for all of us, right? Depending right. on the roles, there are some that are required to be on site. And but even within those who are required to be on site, can we do a better job of creating flexibility? For example, we were interviewing a one of our focus group participants about this notion, and they said, Yeah, I I I'm not asking for complete flexibility. I know I need to be here, but even to be able to take my child to the doctor, right? Right. It's really hard for me to do that. Um, and I think that may say, sound simplistic, but but really impactful. Somehow we could create an environment where there's there's acknowledgement and 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 process around allowing employees to be able to do that more, even in those situations where they may not be as flexible. I my job, I, I have a lot of flexibility built in. Um, and even though I have a lot of flexibility, I I actually want more or value that more than I used to as well, right? So it's it's common across, but it's really important to consider because I think we proved um, in most cases, uh, that old notion of you've gotta be in the office to be productive. Uh, that's not necessarily the case. Although our research would indicate that it's, it's not all or nothing. The best, probably the best um, combination is more of a hybrid. There are certain types of work and things right. and activities that are much better done face-to-face -face and collaborative, you know, collaborative and those kinds of things. And so when we think about flexibility, we have to be careful not just to automatically default to, well, we're just going to do the same thing in different places. It's more of based on if we're in the office or we're working from home, uh, what are we doing and what's most conducive? And for example, working from home, that's great opportunity to kind of be heads down and do the work. And when you're in the office, that's when we should really try to focus on collaboration and meeting and discussions about growth and development. And so I, we have to be intentional about it, right? It's not as easy as just saying, oh, we're three days in the office and two days out. It's, it's going beyond that. And those companies that are understanding that concept and creating opportunities for their employees whenever possible with their leaders to kind of essentially create their own optimal workplace schedule again within guidelines that those are the organizations that are I think um, getting the most positive feedback as they work through that change and what that's going to look like moving forward I totally agree with you Gary I do and it's I think it's all a matter of perspective and uh 
every scenario might be different. But um, well, you know, I just it, it, it I sort of uh, thought about uh, a term that we've you know heard a lot over the last few years. You know, I, I obviously the pandemic did impact uh, burnout and yeah. various different <laughs> industries, specifically healthcare. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm curious to 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 find out maybe what your research found when it came you know to this. It's an ongoing problem, and it, it's um it happens to you know in in pretty much any industry. Uh, what's what's really going on, and what's what are the um what are the findings behind burnout? Uh, you're you're right, Connor. Unfortunately, burnout is alive and well uh, for a lot of us. Um, we. we and that is a natural outcome based on the challenges and things that we've experienced. Uh, I think probably the most overused or the most often used word is unprecedented. <laughs> when we uh, describe kind of the last few years. Um, but what was interesting to us is while burnout has always been an issue and we expected burnout uh, to increase um, and to be at higher levels for the first time ever, uh, leader burnout, especially among mid-level managers, was much higher than employees in general. And that's usually not the case. Most of the time, leaders, um, for a variety of reasons, tend to uh, be a little bit more resilient and, and not experience the same degree of burnout than employees in general. But that was just the opposite this year. And that's concerning because, I mean, we study leaders year in and year out, and I'm continually struck with the importance of leaders and the critical nature of their role, not just to contribute to output, but more importantly, to create that environment where their team members can be productive and do their best work and feel fulfilled or have the sense of community, whatever that is. But leaders are so pivotal in that, that if we are losing leaders to burnout, we're losing opportunities that have uh, significant ramifications. Not that uh, burnout among employees is not important, but because we put a lot of emphasis there. And I think one of the reasons leaders are burned out is because all of our efforts through the challenging times we've been through is to really focus on, again, the employee experience. And we just haven't realized that leaders are employees too. Mm -hmm. And we've asked them to do more with less. We've asked them to still be responsible for, for performance, but also be responsible to work in new areas of you know on-site, remote, now hybrid, uh, to be responsible for their team members' well-being and fulfillment. And, and without a lot of assistance or training, um, and I think that's important to understand that, yes, we do rely on leaders and we can expect more. That's part of that responsibility. But at the end of the day, uh, I think we've forgotten to acknowledge them and, and their importance and their critical role and not just the work they do, but how they do that work that uniquely contributes to, to help things keep moving along. So that was interesting. I, I think we have to really, this year, 2023, and probably beyond, is we've got to find ways um, to find relief, if you will, right? Or right. to fortify those weary leaders and, and, and kind of help them reconnect and buoy them up. So I think that's going to be a, a topical issue around burnout this year. Yeah, and it needs to. And, you know, it's, it is, it was surprising, you know, you, you did hear how many uh, C-level uh, executives and just managers 
just getting up and leaving, you know, they were done. And, you know, I know it contributes to, you know, perhaps needing a change of scenery, but, you know, the amount of work and the amount of stress uh, that once again, you take home with you, uh, that could be a, that certainly is a big reason. So I want to, Gary, I want to put a little bow on this and, you know, really kind of turn into this recognition stage. Um, You know, what, you know, what did you find that would help, you know, build those stronger communities within the workplace, you know, increase that employee fulfillment and help reduce burnout, especially among those leaders? Yeah, I, I, well, let me start with, you know, this notion of fulfillment a little bit. I think, I think it's important to um, continually communicate a sense of community by frequently aligning people's contributions to a common purpose within their teams, departments, and the overall organization. Um, and at the same time, this notion of autonomy, we need to lean into that, right? Providing autonomy and flexibility to encourage balance. Uh, and again, I mentioned this earlier, employees understand and respect guidelines and policies. They're not asking for 100% flexibility or autonomy, but they they want to have flexibility within those guidelines based on their roles and responsibilities. And then we need to, again, offer opportunities for employees to develop and demonstrate mastery and competency. But one of the, one of the things that continually pops up as an important thing to consider and an often underutilized uh, concept or tool, if you will, is this notion of recognition. Um, and, and when you step back, there's something when, and, and I'd be interested, Connor, in your experience as well, of when when someone's acknowledged not just the work you do, but how you uniquely approach it and and how you've made a difference and, and hopefully aligned that and connected that to purpose, right? Whether that's an overall company purpose or, you know, critical initiatives or team goals or purpose, I, there, there's just this connection that takes place and people feel understood. They feel valued. And that creates um, and, and contributes to a sense of community. It contributes to the sense of flexibility. And the data is really clear. I mean, if we had time, I, I could list all of these data points in terms of, of people who feel appreciated and acknowledged. They have a higher sense of community flexibility. Their intent to stay goes up dramatically. Because again, we're all looking to understand and to feel like we're making a difference. And that's just so important to workplace culture. So recognition, it's not a new concept. Um, and actually, it's its a lot what our company does to help other organizations. And so um, I don't want to suggest that it's the, the, the end all or the silver bullet to solve all of the issues. But it, our data is clear that boy, there's upside to really taking a holistic approach to recognition, to ensure that everyone can participate, to give and receive and 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 observe it for a variety of reasons. Um, just real quickly, I mean, there are a lot of best practices out there, but one way you create that holistic is you provide different opportunities. Um, for example, opportunities to encourage effort, right? It's those pats on the back, those thank yous, those e-cards, really provide opportunities for your people to frequently encourage efforts, right? To say too often we wait till the end of a project or till a result is done, but we miss the opportunity to encourage along the way. And, and those can be facilitated by low cost, no cost kinds of things that, that are higher frequency on the spot awards, et cetera. And then when someone goes above and beyond and achieves a result, we need to acknowledge that and reward that result, whether it's 
I don't know, exceeding a quota or approving a process or beating a deadline, whatever it may be, those tend to be less frequent and maybe a little more formal. And we surrounded their strategy around it and, and our report and, and different data that we do. Uh, if you're interested in learning more, you could, you know, our listeners could go in and, and get more into the depth and the details. And then the last element is this notion of periodically uh, recognizing someone's full body of work or contributions over time. Historically, we've referred to those as service awards. We like to use the term celebrating careers, but we're not acknowledging how long you've been there. We're acknowledging, hey, at year one or three, five, 10 and beyond, Connor, we're recognizing what you've done and the full body and how you've made a difference. And, and it just acknowledges kind of holistically. And each of those three areas of encouraging effort or rewarding results or celebrating careers differs in frequency, visibility, and award strategy and all of that. But they also each contribute distinct benefits that when combined provide this critical mass, again, where employees are giving, receiving, or observing recognition regularly because we want recognition to become part of our culture and to be integrated into our workplace uh, culture so that it moves from something that we do to become more of a reflection of who we are and how we operate and the genuine appreciation and acknowledgement and the, uh, of, of people and those with whom we work. Mm -hmm. And again, when you think about what we talked about in terms of community and fulfillment, what we've experienced over the last few years, just finding ways to acknowledge and appreciate people goes a long ways to, to create, again, an atmosphere where, where people will do their best work and, and stay and, and, and want to be part of that. And even during difficult times, figure out how to work through those challenges and come out the other end that much further ahead. Well, that's great. And, and that is, you know, I love that that's ensuring that uh, you know recognition is done right. And it, it's, it jumps into that purpose and, you know, encouragement is, is, um, you know, it's great to celebrate, you know, achievements and success and to recognize, uh, to recognize those achievements, and as an employee, that's that's what you want. It does that right right there gives you a sense of purpose. So, you know, I I don't want to keep it too long, Gary. I just uh, have another question or two for you. But um, you know, I I found this uh, great quote that, from you that you know. Oh, every Cool. <laughs> it's, I'll, uh, take, it's, I'll take credit for any great quote. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a great one. It's uh, it's everything we do is designed to create powerful experiences that impact culture. And, you know, that if that is a, um, a way to summarize perhaps, you know, benefits and, you know, HR as a whole uh, going forward, you know, then, then you've summed it up for us. Yeah. So, I want, if you could, you know, you, if you could summarize, you know, the key takeaways, you know, from all this research that you've done, the 2023 global culture report, if you could give a nice summary for, especially for the, for our, uh, you know, C-level uh, HR audience out there who, you know, who, you know, is right in the same boat with, with everyone else, you know, trying to find uh, solutions for this and, and especially in a way that OC Tanner could could help, and just uh, interested in in your thoughts. You have a great career. You have a great background too, and um, you've been with OC Tanner a, a long time. So so you've seen a lot, and you've seen a lot of change. 
I think that's one of the reasons I've been here as long as I have is I, I've really enjoyed um, not just researching and trying to understand concepts and insights, but really working with organizations and learning from them and in a lot of different industries, a lot of different situations of, you know, what works and what doesn't and what are those things that will really make a difference. Um, I, I appreciate your, your uh, quoting me on that. I, I, I do often say that because at the end of the day, our experience has been when you're, you have to take a human approach to managing people. And I think uh, with all the right intentions, there are times where we get stuck with an organizational centric view of things. And we want to address issues around processes and hierarchies. And that's part of it. That's important. But sometimes I think in an effort and using that approach, often what comes out of that feels transactional to employees. And at the end of the day, what we're talking about to create that connection and sense of belonging, community and fulfillment, it's more about um, experiential things, meaningful experiences that that are personalized, that people can connect to in, in, in very um, people-centric ways, right? And I, if we had time, it'd be interesting to, to talk more about, you know, what are those situations that really reinforce that, that you've experienced, that I've experienced, but it really is moving from transactional interaction to more purposeful and meaningful experiences that that really connect us. So anyway, uh, to answer your question, a couple of high level concepts to keep in mind is, again, this notion employees want to have a fulfilling employee experience. And it's that fulfillment or lack thereof that our data indicates is the primary reason people are choosing to stay or leave their organizations. And so really understanding those four components of fulfillment and saying, okay, for leaders, uh, organizationally and individual leaders working with their teams, what am I doing to reinforce those four areas? How am I, how am I interacting and, and how am I managing and leading and participating in a way that's going to address those issues? Because uh, our data indicates that if you, if you score highly in all of those four areas, you increase the odds of feeling fulfilled by 21 times. Um, wow. And so those are the right categories. Um, employees want to join meaningfully contribute and stay with companies with healthy workplace uh, communities. Again, this notion of how are we, what are we doing to help unify and hold people together and to create that sense of belonging with a sense of purpose. And then again, I mentioned this notion of burnout and, and leaders, especially mid-level managers who are kind of stuck between really wanting to honor and, and execute against the organizational objectives, but at the same time, they're honoring and want to meet the needs of their team members. And when those are not quite aligned, they, they're kind of stuck in the middle and, and they're the experiencing the most burnout. So what can we do to, again, help them and, and to connect with them and remind them of who they are and appreciate them? And then the last is, again, providing employees the ability to recognize and make that holistic, to encourage effort, reward results, and call out the full body of work uh, periodically to celebrate those careers. And again, recognition more than anything really done well uh, strengthens community and uh, fulfillment and 
leads to higher uh, retention, all of those good things that we're looking for, but all for the right reasons, right? In terms of, we appreciate you, we acknowledge you, we understand, and, and, and even during hard things, uh, people can connect to that because we all have to deal with realities, right? And sometimes right. You, change is difficult, but if you feel like you're part of something and you're valued, you're going to be much more resilient. And I think moving forward, change is the constant, right? And and maybe that's an overused term, but I just think we're not, this isn't over. We're going to continue to have to figure out how to proactively be resilient. I think some of these concepts that we've talked about uh, can be helpful in that regard. Well, uh, Gary Beckstrand, thank you so much for being a part of Millennium Live, for sharing all the research uh, and, and, and talking employee recognition with us today. Gary Beckstrand, Vice President of the OC Tanner Institute and author. Appreciate celebrating people, influencing greatness. This was a great conversation, and uh, I would love to uh, have a part two to this at some point because uh, I'd, I'd love to dive into more with you. I'd love that too. And again, Connor, thanks for the opportunity. Pleasure being with you today.